You're listening to the Connecticut Real Estate Edge podcast, your source for tips and tricks on building wealth through real estate in Connecticut. You will get the best techniques from leading local experts in real estate and lending. Now, here's your host, Robert Weinberg. Good Saturday to you, everybody, and welcome to Mortgage Matters Radio Show and the Connecticut Real Estate Edge podcast, along with Rob Weinberg. I am Gary Byron. Rob, good morning to you there. Good buddy. morning, sir. How you been? You know, I'll tell you, I, I'm, I'm hanging in there over here. Um, how have you been? I, I can imagine... Um, your head spinning maybe a little bit. Right I would now. say that's a good good way to think of it. It's been, you know, we hit the ground running this year, obviously, a couple months in. And, um, I mean, competition is fierce in the market and people are trying to still snag those great interest rates and get their pre-approvals done. So, yeah, lots of activity going on. Yeah. Right and now, you know what? Sure. I, you can attest to this certainly more than I. Um, this is really the... A little bit of the, and I know you're busy, but it's still the calm before the storm because I really think come April, mainly because when the weather gets nicer, people are out more. And when they're out more, they start looking around at houses more. And I think we're going to find that the inventory will begin to climb really in, because here we are in, in March now, probably about a month from now, I would think you're going yeah, to start spring going. to summer, historically, more homes come on the market, more people are out looking at buying homes yeah. and selling homes. And uh, a lot of that revolves around just the time that they want to move with the seasonality and schools and all that sort of thing. So I'm hopeful, Gary, that this year we will see that normal tick up in inventory here, which will really benefit everyone. Out of the frying pan and into the fire. <laughs> yes, sir. All right. So listen, um, here's what I, th- I thought. You know, let's um, let's revisit something. I-, I know we talked about this. It was probably a year ago, so long ago. And this show has grown by leaps and bounds. So they're really, I'd say most of our listening audience maybe weren't in tune to us a year ago when we covered this. So I think this is, it's almost like doing it brand new. Let's talk about mortgages for seniors today. Great topic. All right. Um, Well, then let's start with something very basic. What are some of the different types of mortgages that seniors could benefit from? Yeah, so there's really two types of mortgages that we can hone in on. The first one is the one everyone thinks of. Whenever you put retirement or mortgage with the word senior anywhere, it's going to be the reverse mortgage. You know, there's good, there's bad. We'll get more in depth on that. That's definitely a type of mortgage that there's a lot of myths. There's a lot of miscommunication, misinformation about. So that's the first But that's type. old. It, and they're comparing old. it there's, to... Yeah, yeah, there's been changes that we'll go into. And then the second thing is, believe it or not, there's tons of seniors that have mortgages when they retire. I think in a perfect world, people would say, I want to have my home paid off, but we don't live in a perfect world, right? So majority of seniors have some sort of either a forward mortgage or reverse mortgage and the fixed rate forward mortgage where you keep making a payment while you're in retirement is really popular to those that have the ability to keep making payments and want some stability with their finances. So those are the two types we'll be talking about today. Well, you said, let's talk about refinancing. There's got to be a variety of refinancing strategies that are common, really, more among seniors, right? Yeah, so 
something that's really popular with seniors, you know, 62 years or older are what we're talking about as far as age range. But refinancing your mortgage the way it stands now that you've been making payments on maybe for many years and taking that forward mortgage and refinancing it into a reverse mortgage. So getting rid of those monthly payments, paying off the balance the way that it stands. So that's a really common refinancing strategy for seniors. The other thing, and I've been seeing it so much lately, is seniors that are saddled with debt. Um, a lot of people, as they approach you know, retirement, they may have a loss of income or be maybe a little more part-time in their work. And I find that with inflation and expenses just don't seem to give up at all. They end up in a position where they have to use debt to support their lifestyle. That could be personal loans. That could be credit card debt. So I think a major strategy that a senior should be looking at would be a debt consolidation refinancing strategy because that can save them. In some cases, I've seen people save as much money by refinancing as what they get in their Social Security payment every month or as much as they make in their pension. So it's almost like getting a new job without actually having to work just by restructuring the way that you're paying your debt back. So debt consolidation refinancing for seniors is something that's seldom used or talked about, but it's been a huge lifeline for a lot of my clients. And then one other uh, option that I've seen gain popularity lately is the term extension or a re-amortization before you retire. What that's going to refer to is like if you have, let's say, five years left on your mortgage or 10 years left, but you're about to retire. You're wondering, how am I going to make this monthly payment? How am I going to support being in this home when I retire, when my income is going to go down? And one of the ways we can do that is by extending that mortgage out. So if you have 10 years left, why don't we look at a 15-year mortgage or a 20-year mortgage? Maybe you're a senior that refinanced a few years ago and you have 25 years left or 26 years left. What if we put you back on a 30-year mortgage? At that point, and as we'll discuss, what does it matter how long you have to pay off your house? Do seniors even want a mortgage? Isn't that something, though, that early in life that they look does forward to? Does anybody want well, a mortgage, well, though? Okay, Touche. Nobody wants a mortgage. It's not The mortgage is not the... The end all be all no. is what the mortgage gets you. A mortgage is just money. But okay? you look but earlier in life, you look at the, the, your sunset years and go, well, I, I don't have the income from work. I'm going to be on Social Security or my investments. I'll have a fixed income. Mm-hmm. I want to try to eliminate my my fixed costs. Um, is that why they choose to refi, uh, refinance? Because they'll they'll have a lower, they'll have a, a more of a minimum. That's monthly, one reason. Payment? Yeah, yeah, and that's what I was talking about here regarding the term extension, because it'll lower that payment, lower that minimum, give them more flexibility. So I think the answer to your question is, no, a senior doesn't want a mortgage. Like we said, nobody, nobody wants, wants a mortgage, one. but this isn't about what you want. This is reality. If you are in your 50s or early 60s and you see retirement looming and you've got a mortgage with 20, 25 years left, even 15 years left, at some point you have that realization that, I'm not going to have my house paid off by the time I retire. And it may not be something that's easy to handle. It may not be where you thought you would be, right? But in this world, in this crazy world we're living in, money does solve a lot of problems. And for a lot of society, the mortgage is the best place to get that money, okay?
Well, I guess an $800 payment is certainly better than a $1,500 a month payment. Absolutely. So, yeah. And a $500 payment is better than an $800 payment. So True. it's the um, you know lesser of two evils. It's just making the most of what you've got. You can sit there and be in denial and say, oh, no, I didn't want a mortgage. But then you're going to be sitting there saying, I wish I would have done something when I could have. Because once you're retired, as we'll discuss here, a lot of these financial options, your hands are tied. Hey, how long before retiring should seniors even review their mortgage plan. Yeah, I've got a, a methodology with my clients and a protocol that I follow when I find out in speaking with my clients during their annual reviews or during their checkups that they're going to be retiring. I mean, it's a it's a timeline that I ask, you know, all the time, when do you plan on retiring? And when they tell me, we make special note of that time because you're going to want to be evaluating your mortgage options and your financial options minimum of six months, ideally 12 months before you retire. And the reason is that the closer you get to retirement, obviously the more things that can change and come up. And once you are retired and and you no longer have that working income, it becomes much more difficult, sometimes impossible to get a new mortgage, specifically the forward mortgage, where you're going to be making those obligated payments every month. And it's I've seen the unfortunate circumstance where somebody comes to me and says, hey, I heard your radio show. I listened to your podcast. I retired three months ago. I retired six months ago, and I've got this mortgage, and here's my scenario. And it's really unfortunate to have to say to them, I wish you would have called me before you retired, because now they don't qualify. And usually what that entails is their debt versus their income is out of whack. They have a debt structure from when they were working, from when they had maybe a dual income Mm -hmm. or a full-time income. And now they've got their pension, their Social Security, if they're lucky, an annuity or some other retirement cash flow. And it's not the same as what they were making. It's typically lower, sometimes drastically lower than it was before. So six to 12 months before you have that target retirement date, you got to be sitting down with a mortgage advisor. You have to be reviewing your financial circumstance. Best case scenario, we tell you, hey, you're good. Like you're in a great spot. You can't do anything, but sometimes we can really uncover some great options. With for that you. person where you say, "Oh, I wish you would come to me three months ago before you retire," because you sure. use your words, you say it was all out of whack. Are, are you not able to help them at all, or are you able to say, "All right, we, we're just going to figure a different route. I'm going to help yeah. you, but it's going to be..." So there's a few different strategies that okay. I use. You know, doing thousands of loans in my career, I've seen creative ways to get things done. So I would say. Some of the different strategies I'm using along that line is, number one, the term extension we were talking about. The longer the term is, the lower the payment. The lower the payment, the easier it is to qualify for that mortgage. So even though you may want a 10-year mortgage, you may not qualify. We may have to do a 20- or 30-year mortgage. No matter what you want, on paper, it has to work. It has to meet the guidelines. That's one option is just changing the term around, using that little trick, so to speak, to make it work for underwriting. The next thing would be a co-signer. So there are a lot of circumstances where seniors, I've had, you know, family co-sign for them, kids, grandkids or whatnot, depending on exactly where they're at. Um, And that can help because that can alleviate some of the income challenges by getting a co-signer on that loan. 
It's not always possible, but it can be a great option. And then the last one I'll say is the reverse mortgage. Sometimes people don't come to me for a reverse mortgage. They come to me for a forward mortgage. They want to do a debt consolidation or they want to use one of these other strategies we talk about and they don't qualify for that. So now I have to show them the only way you're going to get a mortgage is by utilizing a reverse mortgage product. Even though it's not ideal or it's not what they wanted, sometimes it ends up being a, a hidden lottery ticket. It ends up being even better than what they thought. And the reason why that a reverse mortgage can be such a great alternative is because a reverse mortgage has much lower requirements when it comes to income. You know, they're not really looking at it the same way because payments are not required on a reverse mortgage. They're optional. So that's a big one. And then the second thing is we can still consolidate debt through a reverse mortgage. We can still give you access to a bunch of money in your equity through a reverse mortgage, sometimes even more than a forward mortgage. And, uh, you know, it just can really turn out to be a great alternative just overall for a senior. Are those the misconceptions of, of reverse mortgages or are... are there's other, but I think one misconception, you know, we'll hit on the head right here is that people think you're not going to make a payment. A reverse mortgage means no payment. No, no, no. A reverse mortgage means your payment is optional. A, a normal mortgage, you don't make your payment for a couple months. Oh. They're starting foreclosure. You're getting <laughs> notices in the mail. A reverse mortgage, you don't have to make your payment every month. If you want to, if you're able to, you can. But you don't have to, and there's no penalty uh, on your credit for not making right. that payment. Let's go back. Um, I've got other questions, but I, I, I've got to talk about this right now because we're talking about this okay. topic of reverse mortgages. What? It, there's a stigma. You know this as well as I do. And it, and it had to do with something I alluded to at the beginning of the show. And, and I want to preface this whole thing by stating so I don't scare anybody. I don't like scare tactics for anything. Things have changed. The laws have changed. But... I what I want to do for the listening audience is differentiate. Let's clear it out so that people aren't thinking of talk about misconceptions. People aren't comparing what the laws are right now uh, and why they're and why a reverse mortgage truly is a, a, a very legitimate option. And contrast that with why reverse mortgages years ago has that stigma where, oh, you know, stay away from that. Because right. I think what I think a lot of things people are doing is they don't know that the laws have changed and they're going by how, you know, the reputation of reverse mortgages from years ago and applying it to today and going, no, I don't want a reverse mortgage. Right. And while they didn't probably 20 years ago, it's a completely different ballgame right. now. It please, is. Please no, address no, it this. is much more consumer friendly now. So I want to address that, but I think. The difference in the product is it's more consumer friendly now, and I'll explain why in yeah. a second. Okay. But I think the bigger issue that needs to be tackled here is the misinformation. Okay, I'm talking about the bank owns your home when you get a reverse mortgage. Have you heard that before? Yes. You don't own your home. Anymore. Yes. That's not true. That's never been true. <laughs> it has never been true yet. People think that because it's passed down. Even in the even old before, days. Even okay. in the old days. Okay. I believe reverse mortgage came out sometime in the 80s or early 90s was the first iteration. And, uh, you know, they got this stigma because of these mis this misinformation. So the bank owns your home. Never been true is not true. Your, your heirs won't get your home. So you have all this equity. You're going to get a reverse mortgage. You pass away in 10 years. You, now your family's not going to get your home. That's not true. That's never been true. Okay. But that's what people think because it just gets passed down from generation to generation. Why? Mm -hmm. Because people want to convince other people of their 
But if it was never the way, true in the first place. It was never true, then, but no. it just, it's it like down. there's a lot of things I'm sure you could say that aren't true or were never true that get passed down. Old wives' tales, they call yeah, them, right? Right, right, right. So that's the, the other one that I want to talk about is that you have no control over your home. So it's like the bank has control over your home. Yep, I've heard that's that one. not true. It's not really and your home for anymore. For the most part, that's not true anymore. I'll talk about some things that you have to do. Um, and then the last thing is the cost. It's very costly and there's not a big benefit. The only one of those that's legit today versus before is the costly part. So reverse mortgages, you know, I've been doing mortgages almost 20 years. I've been doing reverse mortgages around 10 years of that. And I can tell you that I don't know what the laws were for the reverse mortgages in 1995. I wasn't in the industry at that time. But what I do know is that I believe it was around 2016 that they changed the laws and rules around reverse mortgages and made it consumer more consumer friendly. The main thing that we're talking about are the fees and the costs that go with a reverse mortgage. There are fees and costs with any mortgage and sometimes quite substantial. Most of the time it's based on the amount you're borrowing pretty much actually all the time. It's a percentage or based on somebody that has a half a million dollar mortgage versus someone that has a $300,000 mortgage. Obviously you're gonna pay more in fees and costs and interest with a higher amount, right? Mm -hmm. There were a lot of people taken advantage of there were a lot of excessive fees, usurious type of situations, um, ridiculous situations that got the reverse mortgage a really bad, bad name in the industry, in the world. You know, I, well, I can't say the world in the country. Mm -hmm. uh, I can't speak for other places, but, you know, someone may have gone through a reverse mortgage and just got completely hosed on the fees that they paid. And they realized after the fact and that's not allowed anymore. When these laws changed, when the product changed a couple years back, now it's more standardized, the fees that can be charged. Now it's more similar to a regular federally backed loan, like an FHA loan. Yes, there are more fees on a reverse mortgage than a conventional mortgage. I'm not going to say there's not. But again, it's more comparable to like an FHA loan forward mortgage, where you have to pay a mortgage insurance premium, an origination charge, and processing fees. But I've heard stories, horror stories, from people that got mortgages or reverse mortgages, I should say, way back, or their parents got them way back, and they really got taken advantage of. So that part mm -hmm. is not able to be done anymore because of the laws. Okay. There's some mandatory counseling that is very, very thorough that's absolutely required now. And it's been required the whole time I've been doing reverse mortgages. I don't know if it was required 25 years ago or 20 years ago. So again, you can see the misconceptions for the most part are complete BS misconceptions, except this thing about them being very costly that part, again, you can feel a little more comfortable knowing there are laws now, there are guidelines, and you're not going to be taking advantage of because that's not able to be done anymore. All right. I mean, you've got to have enough equity in your home in order to qualify for a reverse mortgage, right? Yes. Generally speaking, you have to be 62 years or older, and you have to have at least 50% equity in your home. Okay. The older you are, the less equity you need to have, but my general guideline for any seniors or people who have parents or grandparents that may be in a position to qualify for this is do they have at least 50% equity in their home, which means what do they owe on the home, first mortgage, second mortgage, line of credit, any liens on the home versus what's the market value of the home. When we get an appraisal, what is the appraiser going to say? So easy example, you have a half a million dollar home. 
If your total mortgages are less than $250,000, then we can continue the conversation. If you have a half a million dollar home and you owe four fifty, dollars oh. reverse mortgage is not going to be an option. I don't care what your age. Okay. Um, th- look, like anything in life, there's pros and cons, yes. right? So let's not favor one side more than the other with with a re- with a reverse mortgage there are good things about it like everything in life there's good things about it there's not there's some not so good things about sure. it sure can we do that a little bit let's do pros some and pros and cons cuz i think it's only fair to talk about both of them now pros pros are are huge on a reverse mortgage and they're very unique to this specific product number 1 as we were discussing there's no mortgage payment required and i say required in bold underline italic because it's not really talked about that you can make payments on a reverse mortgage. And I have a few clients right now that are taking reverse mortgages and they are planning on making payments as long as they can on their reverse mortgage. But there is no mortgage payment required, so it gives you financial flexibility. You can better manage your expenses when you don't have a huge nut every month to meet on a mortgage payment. Um, The other thing is when you take money out of reverse mortgage, it's a loan. There's no tax on that. Loans are not taxed in the United States. So if you took, say, $5,000 out of your reverse mortgage line of credit, you're not going to be taxed on that. It's not income. It's a loan. So that's huge because people think, and I I, I take for granted doing this so long, but people think, oh, yeah, well, I'm going to get that money, but then I have to pay this tax and that tax and this. And so, no, 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 no. You take the money. It's a loan. I don't care what type of mortgage you're getting. Any loan or any money that you get as proceeds from a mortgage from any loan at all is not taxed. So that's another big advantage. The other great thing that people don't understand is that a reverse mortgage is a non-recourse loan. What that means is if you end up owing more on your mortgage than the house is worth, the bank won't come after you for the difference. A normal forward mortgage, what if property values drop 20, 30 percent and you owe more? They will come after you. You're personally guaranteeing that loan. So it's a different situation. So you're protected. That's a huge value because a lot of people think, well, the reverse mortgage sounds good, but what if I have this for 10 years and I owe more than the house is worth? Or God forbid we hit another housing crisis. What if the home values go down 30, 40% like they did back in the early 2000s? What's going to happen? The reverse mortgage protects you from that. You're never going to be in a position where you're vulnerable. The other thing that a lot of people don't understand about a reverse mortgage that is phenomenal is that you have a growing line of credit. Every single year, that line of credit grows. It is guaranteed to grow. So you have more money five years into the reverse mortgage available to you than you did in year one or year two, no matter what the value of the home is. That's phenomenal as well. And you get to tap equity as needed. So you have the availability. It's like having a bank account in your home that you can tap as you need. It's very, very good. And you can use that money for whatever you want without restriction. So those are the pros. Folks, you are listening to Mortgage Matters Radio Show in the Connecticut Real Estate Edge podcast along with uh, uh, Rob Weinberg. I'm Gary Byron. You know what? There is a book, an e-book, really, that uh, I'd like to tell you how you can actually obtain absolutely free of charge. Again, this book is written by uh, Rob Weinberg himself. It's entitled Mortgage Strategies for the New Millennium. So very shortly, at the end of the show, um, uh, let me tell you how you can obtain this e-book absolutely free free i, I kind of want to go back to something that i just touched upon at the beginning of the show but it, it bears i i didn't I don't know if i got quite the answer isn't it kind of crazy though for a 60 or 70 year old even to 
to take advantage of a, of a 30-year or long-term mortgage? I guess you could say it's crazy, but we live in a crazy world. So <laughs> well, okay. you got to realize that there's no age discrimination in mortgage. And I've seen many people in their 70s, 80s, 90s take 30-year mortgages or reverse mortgages. So, you know, that part you, you just can't be concerned with. You've got to make sure, if you're concerned about that, make sure you have a life insurance policy that pay off your mortgage if and when you pass away. That's the mitigation to that risk right there. And ideally, it would pay off your mortgage and all your debt when you pass away. So that takes away, again, that risk that you're worried about. But you want to do what's best for you and your family and your financial circumstance now, right now, when you're retiring. Sometimes that means changing your mortgage around. It doesn't matter if you have 10, 20, 30 years left. We have to restructure your mortgage. That's the thing. But that really leads me, Gary, to finishing up with your last question about the pros and cons. cons. Yeah. What are the cons? Well, the cons are this isn't free money. You do have to pay for it. It just may not be paid by you while you're living. It may be paid by you when you pass away. The balance on a reverse mortgage, if you don't make a payment, it goes up every month. So instead of you making the payment, they're just adding that interest and everything to the principal balance. So again, it will be paid off in the future. Just you may not be the one that's actually stroking the check to do that. Um, the other thing is that you do need to keep up your taxes and your home insurance on the property. You need to maintain the property. Wow, okay. So for a lot of people, especially in Connecticut, taxes and insurance can amount to, gosh, in some areas, four or five hundred, a thousand a month. OK, that can be substantial if you're in a higher cost area. And that is that's a mitigation of your mortgage payment. It's a lower payment. But doesn't matter if there's no mortgage payment due, you do have to pay the taxes and the insurance. And if you don't, then you're considered in default on that reverse mortgage. So make sure that you at least have a financial plan, a cash flow plan in play that you can pay the property tax of the home insurance and your normal routine maintenance of the home. You know, making sure that the shovel, uh, the, the walks are shoveled, the driveways plowed, making sure that you've got landscaping and, you know, the home's being maintained and it's being kept that's up. That's understandable, sure. But those are the cons that a lot of people don't understand. They think, oh yeah, I'm doing a reverse mortgage. I never have to worry about anything again. And that's not true. There are these couple caveats. The last con that I want to talk about is when did the money does have to be paid back? It does have to be. And there's a few different circumstances. Number one, if you move from that home as your primary home, the reverse mortgage has to be paid back. Even oh. if you're still living, okay. it has to be your primary residence. Number two, if you sell the home, it has to be paid back. No matter, Even if you're going to move in with your kids yep, or yep, yep. an old age home or whatnot, it has to be paid back when you sell. And lastly, of course, everyone knows when you pass away, that reverse mortgage will need to be paid back. Rob, I got one minute left. Okay. I, and I always do this to you, but I got to ask one last question if okay. you can answer it quickly. How do I know if a reverse mortgage is right for me? Really quick. Okay, so it's really the number one thing is longevity in the home. How long do you plan on staying there? If you're going to stay there less than five years, a reverse mortgage is probably not a good option. The timeline I look at is seven to 10 years or more. If you see yourself in your home for seven to 10 years or more, and you're at that 50% equity or more, that could be a good option. You also need to be able to cover those minimal expenses of the home, like tax insurance, HOA fees, maintenance and upkeep of the home. If you can do that, that's a good you know, potential idea. And cash flow issues. If you're someone that has a cash flow issue where you're house rich and cash poor, you have all this equity built up, but you don't have good cash flow, you're looking for an alternative. These are the circumstances of a reverse mortgage. I'm not saying it's for you, but it's worth evaluating if it fits you and your specific circumstance. Does it work for condos as well? 
As long as they're approved through FHA, it can okay. work for reverse mortgage, yes. Uh, folks, earlier uh, in the show, I told you how you can obtain uh, a book, an e-book, uh, absolutely free of charge. It's written by Mr. Rob Weinberg, who, uh, is, 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 uh, who does this show with me. It's entitled Mortgage Strategies for the New Millennium. The e-book will be emailed out to you absolutely free of charge. All you need to do is email... Mortgage Matters Radio Show at gmail.com. Include your name, include your address, and uh, let us know how you heard the show. Did you hear it during the podcast? And if you heard, or did you hear it on the radio and what time? Uh, and then if that's it, the, the ebook will be emailed out to you uh, immediately. Uh, I really appreciate you listening to uh, the, the Mortgage Matters Radio Show and the Connecticut Real Estate Edge podcast. If you'd like more information, simply Give a Rob Weinberg a phone call. Make that appointment, 860-413-3938. I'll repeat that for you, 860-413-3938 and online at ConnecticutMortgageLending.com. For Rob Weinberg, I'm Gary Byron. Thank you so much for listening. Until next Saturday morning, have a good one, everybody. So long. Thanks for listening. If you have questions about the information we've covered or would like to discuss mortgage financing for your situation, you can reach Robert Weinberg by visiting www.robgw.com.